1: Are you a fan of the superhero therapy podcast? Do you want more episodes, more content, and more guests? Do you want our show to reach and inspire more of those in need? Well, we can really use your support. If you would like to help us in our mission to spread awareness and destigmatize mental health struggles, we ask that you please subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast with friends, family, and folks you might think would enjoy and benefit from our content. Most importantly, please consider joining our Patreon community and becoming a contributor. As one of our Patreon contributors, you will get access to exclusive content, announcements, videos, and more. You will join a community of like-minded pop culture enthusiasts that celebrate our connections to our favorite movies, TV shows, icons, and superheroes. As a contributor, you will also be helping us support mental health charities as 15% of our proceeds are donated monthly. To join our Patreon community, go to www.patreon.com, make an account, search for Superhero Therapy, and select one of our tiers. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy.
0: And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and the full-time geek.
1: So today we are very excited because we are going to be exploring WandaVision.
0: And of course, as the show has just come out, there will be a lot of spoilers in this episode.
1: So be warned. The show is so spectacular on so many levels. It's unique and it's a carefully crafted masterpiece full of mystery and suspense that encapsulates the awesome power of grief. Along with the multitude of Easter eggs and clues scattered throughout each episode, the show takes us inside Wanda's personal metaphor for grief and depression. Her backstory is filled with a great amount of trauma and loss. As a result, she physically creates her own reality that she gets lost in, and we do as well. The first two episodes focus on Wanda and Vision trying to fit into this new community they joined or that Wanda created. Wanda being someone with magical powers, and Vision being a synthesoid. She's
2: a magical gal in a small town.
1: The need to fit in, blend, and pretend to be something we're not is a tale as old as time, really. Can you discuss the overwhelming drive and need to fit into social norms?
0: Absolutely. I mean, we as humans are biologically pre-wired to desire closeness and intimacy and belonging and connection. I think that when we feel like we are not a part of the group, we start to feel like we can't survive. And the truth is, you know, a few hundred years ago, if you weren't a part of the group, you didn't survive a few thousand years ago. If you weren't a part of the group, you couldn't eat, right? You would be hunted and you couldn't hunt for food. Nowadays we can survive in solitude, of course, but we are biologically pre-wired to benefit from meaningful social connections from belonging not only psychologically but also physiologically in fact our bodies release series of different kinds of chemicals such as oxytocin for example when we are a part of a group that we belong with And for so many people, not only people with magical abilities or people who are synthesoids, but people who might struggle with, let's say, mental health or physical health concerns might often feel like they don't quite fit in. But the truth is majority of people throughout the world feel like they don't quite fit in, feel like they have to pretend to blend in. And in episode two, I believe it was, we see a story that presumably Wanda created about everyone trying to fit in with the neighborhood kind of leader in a way named Dottie. Dottie
3: is the key to everything in this town. Country club memberships, parties, school admissions. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You get in with Dottie and it'll be smooth sailing from here on out. Just mind your P's and Q's and you're going to do just fine. Or maybe I could just be myself, more or less. Oh, Wanda, that's good.
0: (laughs) And it's interesting how common that particular situation is, right? Where there's this one person who's a self-appointed leader, and everybody else tries to pretend to support them and to fit in with them. And in the meantime, majority of the people there recognize they don't quite fit in, and yet kind of put on this mask. Hey, I'm just like you. The truth is. Underneath it all, I think we all want the same thing. I think every single one of us wants love and acceptance. I think we want belonging. And I think that that masking of who we are masks the most magical part of ourselves. And so maybe instead of trying to pretend to be quote unquote normal, maybe it's about celebrating our uniqueness and recognizing that what makes us different makes us the same. (laughs)
1: Mm hmm. I just think it's funny because they want to be these fitter inners, as Vision calls them, and he joins the neighborhood watch. (laughs) I just think it's cute. With regards to this notion of a normal society, why do you think there is such a struggle for others to accept the unusual and the unknown?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times, historically, but still, unfortunately, to this day, for a lot of folks, There's this idea that if someone is different from me, then they are the kind of other, meaning that this person will have ill intentions or this person will harm me, and whenever we focus on the differences, we dehumanize the other individual, right, when we see how we're similar, when we recognize, hey, Maybe in the case of the second episode, for example, we all care about the children, although there are no children in the neighborhood.
2: (laughs) All of this is for the children. For the children. For the children. (laughs) Maybe
0: we all care about helping one another, right? Or we all live in Westview, for example, right? Focusing on similarities can allow individuals to feel closer to one another, right? In our case, I imagine that we all or many of us have enjoyed WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Many of us understand the deep underlying theme of the show. And many of us can relate to feeling so lost in our grief that we disconnect and escape to a world of a television show.
1: <laughs> the first actual other person we meet besides Wanda and Vision is Agnes. <laughs>
3: dear I'm Agnes your neighbor to the right my right not yours forgive me for not stopping by sooner to welcome you to the block my mother-in-law was in town so I wasn't (laughs) so what's your name where are you from and most importantly how's your bridge game hon I'm Wanda Wanda charmed golly you settled in fast did you use a moving company I sure did. Those boxes don't move themselves. <laughs> so what's a single girl like you doing rattling around this big house? Oh, no, I'm not single. Oh, I don't see a ring. Well, I assure you, I'm married
2: to a man, a human one and tall. As a matter of fact, he'll be home later tonight for a special occasion, just the two of us. Oh, is it somebody's birthday? Not a birthday.
3: Well, today isn't a holiday, is it? No, it's not a holiday. An anniversary, then? Yes!
2: Yes! It's our anniversary!
3: How marvelous! How many years? Well, it feels like we've always been together. Lucky gal. The only way Ralph would remember our anniversary is if there was a beer named June 2nd. (laughs) So what do you have planned? How do you mean? For your special night! A young thing like you doesn't have to do much, but it's still fun to set the scene. Say, I was just reading a Cracker Jack magazine article called, How to Treat Your Husband to Keep Your Husband. And let me tell you, what Ralph could really use is how to goose your wife so you don't lose your wife. (laughs) Hang on, I'll go grab it and we can start planning. Oh, this is going to be a gas.
1: She plays the stereotypical nosy neighbor. She's pushy, overly helpful, and always there throughout the whole show. She always knows what's going on and what the couple needs right at the moment they need it. What motivates someone to be overly helpful? I mean, there are periods with her where she's literally getting pushed out the door. She's like, get out. <laughs> you know? But she's still trying to intend on coming in there and helping regardless of whether or not that person wants the help.
0: For many people, there might be different intentions behind being overly helpful. For a lot of folks, they might be going through their own individual struggles, right? And so being helpful allows them to, again, just like watching a television show, in a lot of ways, escape the drama of their own life and be involved in someone else's. And that feels more empowering for some individuals. For a lot of other individuals, helping other people gives them a sense of purpose and allows them to feel more alive and more a part of the community. For some people, of course, there might be some nefarious intentions there. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get back to talking about Agnes in just a little bit.
1: So. This whole world she creates is so wild because it's based off of television shows and she also includes commercials. In my opinion, commercials and advertisements are the worst. They tell us how to act and what to wear and what to eat and what we can have and be and do if we only buy the product that is being sold to us.
3: They say a
2: man is never fully dressed without two important accessories, his special lady and his
3: Strucker. Strucker, he'll make time for you.
1: Get the girl if you use this soap. Get the guy if you use this makeup. How do commercials like this affect our self-esteem and why do you think Wanda was creating them in her world?
0: Commercials, and for any of you who remember infomercials, are all about how can you escape your reality or how can you improve your life? And I think commercials make the most money when they sell the idea that who you are or the way you're living your life is not good enough. But so long as you get this product, your life will be great. Whether it's a toaster or whether it's some kind of a, you know, hydro soak. (laughs) So long as you get this, your life will be exactly what you want it to be. A number of commercials really benefit on selling the idea that your life is miserable. But if you get this product, your life will be wonderful. And there's kind of a twofold message here. So one is... The message that your life the way it now is is unacceptable. Two, the message is your life should be happy and worry-free at all times. Now, of course, both of these are not only not true, but also unrealistic. It is unrealistic for people to be happy at all times. The idea of pursuit of happiness is actually unrealistic. Happiness, like sadness, like anger, is a fleeting emotion, like the weather, right? We might feel one way and then a different day we might feel another way. There's this idea that if you're not happy there's something wrong with you and so long as you get this product you will be happy and you will assimilate and you will be (laughs) what you're supposed to be and sometimes that's a little scary. Yeah.
1: Why do you think that Wanda chose to include them? I, I guess they were just like Moments of her own past just kind of infiltrating, but she would create them into commercials. I still don't understand the reason behind them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk to the writers and find out more. I, I really don't know what the intention behind it was. I thought it was such a clever idea yeah. to include the commercials. I don't know. Maybe it was because... Wanda remembered her favorite television shows being interrupted by commercials. I thought the commercials themselves were very clever because they disclosed a lot about what Wanda herself has lived through and it maybe was a really powerful writing device, right, in terms of disclosing something to the audience but without the main characters being a part of it. I don't know exactly the writer's intention behind it, but I thought that it was a really clever device for letting us know a little bit more about what Wanda has lived through.
1: Yeah. There's just so much clever things going on in this show. A little tidbit here and there, little breadcrumb trail.
0: And you know, and I was thinking like of the Hydra so commercial where it talks about escaping your life essentially, right? Escaping uh-huh. your reality.
3: Escape to a world all your own where your problems float away. When you want to get away, but you don't want to go anywhere. Hydra Silk, find the goddess within.
0: What we know about Wanda's history is that she had been brainwashed and working for Hydra for a period of her life. I imagine that at the time thought that was the right thing to do, that that was the right kind of world to escape to and be a part of.
1: Yeah. Yeah they also unlock the goddess within
0: <laughs> very true
1: <laughs> so no matter what the circumstances are that cause this reality wanda's town of westview is built on illusion and misdirection and deception
2: hello westview good afternoon it's so lovely to meet. i'm so sorry excuse me I am Glamour, and this is my delightful assistant illusion. I am Glamour, and
0: he's
2: illusion.
3: Yeah, what she said.
2: Today, we will lie to you, and yet you will believe our little deceptions, because human beings are easily fooled due to their limited understanding of the inner workings of the universe. Flourish! You just do it. You don't say it out loud, honey. Now, my wife and I will delight in your dumbstruck little faces. <laughs> Flourish!
1: The show WandaVision has done the same thing with cleverly placed Easter eggs and these misleading lines and characters that don't really mean anything. The theories about what's really going on and what comic book arcs the show is trying to follow and who are the prospective villains behind everything... Well, let's say these theories flourished throughout the Internet. What can be said about our own curiosities to find answers and discover these hidden truths?
0: Well, I think when we're really invested in the show, we want to be a part of it. You know, we want to be maybe the writer, the actor, the character. You know, we want to be a part of the universe as much as possible. I think that then we feel truly connected, you know, we feel a part of that world. And so I think for a lot of fans, right, researching these theories is allowing us to not just be a passive viewer, but to be an active participant. Even if our theories end up being wrong, the fun part is just trying to guess whether we're reading like a Sherlock Holmes mystery or we're watching WandaVision, trying to guess the outcome, even if it doesn't pan out the way we predicted, that's the fun part. That's the fun part of the journey.
1: Yeah, it was so cleverly done, even if it's a little heart around the 23rd of August and then you realize it's actually a comic book for the Avengers, at number 238. It, they're trying to point you in some direction, and it's really fun to go back and revisit these comics and see what's going on. I mean, these clever people, I tell you. Outside of Westview's Hex, there are real-life superheroes doing what they can to save the day. We have the delightful Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man. We also have Thor's Dr. Darcy Lewis and Monica Rambeau, the young girl from Captain Marvel, who's all grown up now. They're compassionate, they're diligent, and they're very heroic. How important is it to see everyday superheroes without powers highlighted in big budget superhero productions like this?
0: Well, I think majority of people want to be superheroes of some kind, right? And so for a lot of people who are watching superhero movies, seeing somebody who is super powered, you know, like Wanda or Captain America, the idea of being a superhero might seem impossible. And yet seeing someone like Dr. Darcy Lewis and Jimmy Woo, I think it allows people to see that you can be a superhero, even if you weren't born with supernatural abilities. I think that it allows us to know that we can be a part of the action. And I think caring enough and taking action to help other people is already heroic and so it can inspire people to do superhero-y things in their own lives as well.
1: Yeah, I think their dynamic together, too, is just wonderful. They're the trio, they they fit together, and it's great that they have this little group.
0: (laughs) I agree, and I want to see a S.W.O.R.D. television show.
1: (laughs) Being that the first few episodes are based in the 50s and 60s, sexism is kind of prevalent. When Dr. Darcy Lewis is first introduced to us, she's also introduced by one of the S.W.O.R.D. agents and he calls her Miss Lewis, and she immediately corrects him.
2: Miss Lewis!
0: Dr. Lewis.
1: We have your gear set up beside you. As we all know by what happened to Dr. Joe Biden earlier this year, this does actually happen. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, there were so many parts throughout the show that I was cringing seeing episodes from the 50s, the 60s, but as you said, you know, now in the... 21st century, we're still seeing a lot of sexism happening on a regular basis. Whether it's women being called by Miss or married women being called Misses instead of doctor, for example, if they are a doctor. Women being told that they have to take off their masks in order to get a tip when they're waitressing in a restaurant, for example. Whereas majority of men are not being treated that way. Seeing certain parts of the show where, for example, in the episode where Wanda is pregnant, the doctor is telling Vision, well, we keep things simple for the ladies.
2: We let the little ladies keep tabs on their growing babies with fruit. Makes it simple for them. <laughs> At four months, the fetus is about as big as
1: a
0: pear.
2: At five months, a papaya, six grapefruit,
0: seven pineapple,
2: eight honeydew.
0: And then when The doctor did absolutely nothing and it was geraldine slash monica who actually delivered the baby the first baby anyway the doctor ends up telling geraldine well you'll make a fine nurse one day and both geraldine and wanda exchange those like you know wtf
2: kind of looks
1: (laughs) 20 fingers and 20 toes you've got two healthy baby boys on your hands
2: (laughs) thank you doctor
1: all in a day's work and thank you for your assistance, young lady,
2: I think you might have what it takes to be a nurse.
0: There were so many instances like that on the show, and I really appreciated that the show highlighted just the awfulness of sexism and also paralleling that it still exists today. That this is something that women throughout the world continue to face.
1: Yeah, It makes no sense to me how a man can go and get a Ph.D. and a woman can get a Ph.D. in the same field. No one has a problem calling him a doctor, but they have a problem calling the woman the doctor. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, and personally, I don't mind being called by my first name so long as my colleagues are treated the same way, right? If somebody calls me Janina and somebody calls my, for example, male colleague, doctor, so and so, you know, then that is concerning, right? If if somebody refers to both of us by our first names, I don't have an issue with that. All I ask for is to be treated the same. I have a lot of clients that call me by my first name. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But a lot of people assume that because I'm married that I go by Mrs., which I don't. I personally don't agree with the Mrs. title because historically, it's a possessive, like Mr.'s. Like if you imagine there being an apostrophe between the R and the S, Mm. Mrs. basically means Mr.'s property, like Mr.'s wife. Historically, when women would get married, they would take on the husband's last name and sometimes would even go by the first and the last name. So they might be like, oh, I'm Mrs. John Smith. And that's fine if certain people identify with that. That's not a problem. I personally, and a lot of women out there, do not identify that way. I don't identify as Mrs. Anything. I am either a miss or a doctor. Or my first name is perfectly fine, too. And a lot of people assume that because i married that I took on my partner's last name. And I did not. I highly resent people automatically assuming that I am Mrs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for a lot of individuals who haven't faced these issues, so forgive me for stereotyping, but for some men who might not have faced a lot of sexism, it might be really hard to understand, well, why is it such a big deal if somebody calls you misses or if somebody makes, you know, like a comment about your appearance or compliments a part of your body. But what a lot of people don't understand is for that individual, it's not one comment, it's the millionth comment. Mm-hmm. And it's degrading and it builds. And so I was really, really glad to see the representation of the toxic effects of sexism and just how repulsive it is.
1: Right. As the show goes on in WandaVision, there are times when Wanda's illusions seem to break down, like literally break down. There are times when even Wanda doesn't know what's going on herself. It's like she's truly trapped in her fantasy and then she snaps out of it and then she snaps back into it. What can these moments of clarity be attributed to?
0: I don't know if I'm answering the question exactly as you're asking it. But personally, I think what's going on with Wanda in her kind of switching back and forth between her kind of established reality and the actual realities, I think she's dissociating. Dissociation is what happens to some trauma survivors, which is when people disconnect from reality and they might either kind of shut down and blank, like you might see some people just kind of shut down and stare into the floor or stare into space and they just kind of shut off almost like you shut off the computer. It doesn't mean their brain has shut off, but it means they're kind of not participating with the world around them. Or sometimes people will think of either a past memory or an imagined reality and dissociate that way. To a large extent, dissociative identity disorder is exactly that, right? Where people will create a completely different identity that is going through something different as a way to protect their main identity, as a way to protect what's going on to their main persona as a result of, let's say, trauma or grief. And so for Wanda, who has lost her parents, who's lost her brother and then lost the one, I don't want to say person, the one being that truly cared for her, her world has literally ended. Her reality has shattered to the point that she cannot process. And so it makes sense that her grief, her trauma, her magic will bring her to what makes a safe space in her mind. And for so many of us, that safe space, when we're going through the hardest times of our lives are our beloved television shows or books or movies where things are okay. For many of us, when we are losing a loved one, when we are going through the most challenging parts of our lives, we dissociate too. And unlike in this show, most of us don't trap hundreds of people in some kind of alternative reality. Most of us just kind of escape to another world just to heal a little bit, you know, whether it's the world of a television show, a book or a movie, just to give us a little bit of a break. And for the most part, I as a psychologist see it as a potentially healthy coping mechanism. And I can certainly relate to it myself. I've experienced a number of losses. I would not just watch television shows, but imagine being a part of them. Almost creating fan fiction in my mind and imagine what it would be like to be a part of that world. It makes sense that for Wanda, who's so stricken by the worst kind of grief imaginable, and who had been through so much trauma and has so much magical ability that she would create this world where she can feel safe and the memory of her love can be safe too. Mhm.
1: The show is so interesting because it really amplifies the feelings of grief and depression. Grief and depression are the main underlying mechanisms of this show, really. In episode 8, titled Previously On, Wanda describes her grief as a set of waves.
2: It's just like this wave washing over me again and again. It knocks me down, and when I try to stand up, it just comes for me again. And I can't. She's going to
1: drown me. That is such a spot-on description of the cycle of sorrow. I don't only want to give Wanda a hug, I want to give the writers one too, because these words embody the feeling of loss so well, I can only imagine that they have felt it themselves. Can you discuss the function of grief, especially in light of this awesome TV show?
0: Absolutely. When we love someone... Or something, when something's really meaningful to us, whether it's a person, a job, a television show or something else, when it ends, when we lose it, of course, we're going to feel grief. It's a way of celebrating what we had, the special connection that we had with this person or this experience. It's a way of honoring that love and the ending of it can be shattering because we're left to feel Alone, we're left to feel unsupported oftentimes, right? In that moment, knowing that our life will never be the same again. And there are times when things might get a little bit easier. There might be times when we feel a little bit like we can breathe again. And then, like a tidal wave, we might be swallowed in it all over again, as if it just happened. The truth is, there's no timeline on grief. It doesn't mean that. We grieve for a month and then we're done. No, some grief stays with us forever. It could be two years or it could be 22 years, but sometimes it's as if it just happened. I think the show has done so much justice to help people understand what it means to grieve, to give voice to others who don't know how to describe how much pain they're in on a daily basis. The truth is for so many people who are grieving. People around them, truly well-meaning people might say things like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason, or God never gives you anything you can't manage, or it's been so long, it's time that you let go of this already, or this person would have wanted you to move on. And maybe all of these are well-intentioned, but they do not help the bereaved. They only invalidate their pain and make the bereaved feel even more alone and like their pain is not allowed. What helps is the acknowledgement of, yeah, this hurts, and it makes sense that it would. And this is one of the most excruciating things that you've gone through. So of course, it's going to hurt even all this time later. And so just acknowledging the person's pain, bearing witness to their suffering, and sitting with that individual and creating a safe space for them to grieve, to cry, that is the most healing thing that anyone can do. If a person cries in front of you, don't tell them to stop crying. Don't try to make them feel better. Let them cry. A person crying in front of you means that they feel safe enough with you to let you see them in their most vulnerable moment. And for any of you out there who are grieving, I want you to know that you're not alone, that your pain is valid. And however you feel, it makes sense for you to feel that way.
1: Hmm. There's actually such a beautiful example of what you just said when Wanda is really just struggling. She just got back after her brother was murdered. She's all alone. Nobody else reached out, but Vision did. He sat, he listened, he watched TV shows with her.
3: So where are
2: we now? The Avengers compound. It was the first home Vision and I ever shared. Pietro was dead, and I was in a new country. I was all alone. Vision? I apologize. I don't mean to intrude. You don't? Well, I suppose, yes, I did intend to come in here. And now? And, well, whatever is your preference. It is funny because of the grievous injury the man just suffered? No, he's not really injured. Ah. How can you be certain? It's not that kind of show. Wanda, I... don't presume to know what you're feeling. But I would like to know. Should you wish to tell me? Should that be of some... comfort to you? What makes you think that talking about it would bring me comfort. Oh, see, I read that... uh, The only thing that would bring me comfort is seeing him again.
1: It was such a wonderful example of how to support someone who's going through depression and grief.
0: And this is exactly when we hear that iconic line of the show. It's just going to drown me.
3: No. No. (laughs)
2: How do you know? Well, because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief? If not love,
3: persevering.
0: I think it's so true because it's reminding us that even after this loss, the reason why we grieve is because we love and we still do. Love is in the present tense and you're right. Vision was the only one of all of the Avengers to sit with Wanda to ask her how she's doing, to give her the invitation to talk to him or just to sit next to her and watch a show with her. And sometimes that's the most compassionate thing that we can do for someone who's grieving. And I want to point out too that Wanda didn't just lose her brother. She lost a twin brother. Mm -hmm. And that's a very special connection, right? This is somebody who's been a part of her, somebody that shared a womb with her.
1: the only family she had left after her parents died and
0: the only family she had left absolutely
1: so we all know that wanda's not intentionally trying to harm anybody
2: wanda dotty my name is sarah i have a daughter she's eight maybe she could be friends with your boys. If you like that storyline, or uh, the school bully even. Really anything. If you could just let her out of her room. If I, if I could just hold her, please. What are you doing to her? You're making
3: her say this. She's your meat puppet. I just cut her strings.
1: I don't recognize my face in the mirror. My voice when I speak. I used to try to resist you, but now...
2: I can't remember why. Do you?
3: My husband's on a business trip. Tell him I love him not to come back here ever.
2: I'm exhausted. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're all, you're all going to be fine. you let us sleep, we have your nightmares. No, that's not true. I've, I've kept you safe in here. You, you feel, you feel at peace we feel your pain no. your grief is poisoning us no stop please let us go
1: stop. you don't realize how much these people are struggling really underneath all this illusion we know she's not really trying to harm anyone but she is causing this deep emotional and physical pain and damage to these people who are inhabiting westview How can this reflect what some people who are suffering from grief and trauma are going through?
0: I think sometimes people who are not grieving might see the person who is grieving as self-absorbed or selfish and might not realize how much pain they're going through and might not realize that the individual who is grieving is really struggling with perspective taking. I think oftentimes when we're at the depth of our sorrow, at the depth of our depression and grief and trauma, we might really struggle with empathy, not because we're not compassionate and empathetic individuals, but because we have nothing left because it takes energy and resources to have empathy, to practice perspective taking, to understand the implication of our actions. And so when we're so caught up in our grief, our thinking might be a little bit more narrow, right? We might be a little bit more. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Thank you. I think that it takes a lot of energy to have a more kind of open perspective. And yet when Wanda is able to see it, when Dottie, Dottie's character anyway, brings it to Wanda's attention, I think that it's the first time that Wanda has this moment of realization of, wow, I'm really hurting other people. And she sacrifices everything. Mm to then make sure that she's not causing any harm. And I think that was the defining moment. I think that's what shows us the true character of Wanda, is that when she actually realizes that she was hurting other people, she lets them go Mm -hmm. at the sake of her own well-being, at the sake of her imagined reality, at the sake of her family that she created at the sake of her happiness, our momentary happiness that she had. She gives up everything to make sure that she's not hurting anyone. Above all else, it's that moment that showed who Wanda truly is
1: most definitely. We're talking about grief and this overwhelming depression and there is actually a commercial, this Nexus medication commercial.
2: Feeling depressed. Like the world goes on without you? Do you just want to be left alone? Ask your doctor about Nexus, a unique antidepressant that works to anchor you back to your reality, or the reality of your choice. Side effects include feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. You should not take Nexus unless your doctor has cleared you to move on with your life. Nexus. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. Mm. Or does it?
1: I just wanted to get your opinion on how effective medication is to combat these things as well.
0: I think that this is something that for every person is going to be a little bit different. For some people, medication might be really helpful to help people to get to the place where they can have the emotional strength to face the pain that they're going through to start processing it in therapy. Because for some individuals, they might be so overwhelmed and so depressed that they might be either completely shut down to the point that they can't process their loss, or they might be so emotionally overwhelmed that sometimes they might be maybe at risk to themselves, right? If they were to start kind of diving into the depth of their trauma. And so sometimes medication can be very helpful and even life-saving. And then for other folks, medication might make it more challenging for them to access their emotions. So I really think it depends on the individual, on the particular medication, on what it's for, how it's prescribed. So if people take medication just so that they don't feel pain, that doesn't tend to work, right? That tends to backfire. But for individuals who take medication to help them cope, to help them get to a state of better chemical balance, to where they can access their pain so that they can process it, medication can be helpful. So it's not an all or none kind of an answer, really. I think that it depends on the individual person, right, what it's for, and the kind of substance they're taking. And of course, anything you're taking, it would be important to discuss it with your doctor first.
1: In the end, Wanda, like you had mentioned, gives up this imagined life, her kids, and Vision, her true love, because she realizes that she's hurting people. Wanda, I know we can't stay like this.
2: But before I go, I feel I must know. What am I? You, Vision. are the piece of the mind stone that lives in me. You are a body of wires and blood and bone that I created. You are my sadness and my hope. But mostly you're my love. There have been a voice with no body. A body but not human and now... A memory. Made real. And that's what I might be next. We have said goodbye before. So it stands to reason.
1: Yet another huge loss for her, if you really look at it. But she somehow seems stronger and more at ease with this loss. Besides becoming the Scarlet Witch at the end, why do you think Wanda is so much stronger in this very sad moment?
0: I think up until now, everything that's happened to Wanda had been something that happened to her. She didn't have any choice in it. It it, it was this terrible, horrific thing that she had no control over, but now she had a choice. She made a choice, which was consistent with your core values. She made a choice to help other people. And although she's still grieving, I think she's choosing now to allow her grief, to focus on her grief, and also to be the kind and compassionate person that, you know, truly she always has been. And I think that having a choice in our life, having a choice in the way that we process things and and how we respond to life events can be a really empowering one. And I think that it's a healing start for Wanda. Mm
1: -hmm. We're going to round back to Agnes here. Eventually, we find out that Agnes is actually a very powerful witch named Agatha Harkness and she has been manipulating Wanda's reality the whole time.
0: Who's
2: been messing up everything?
3: It's been Agatha all along.
2: Who's been pulling every evil string? I haven't even noticed. Stand up, pity is up to you. It's too late to fix anything now that everything has gone wrong. Thanks to Agatha, naughty Agatha. It's been Agatha all
3: along. (gasps) And I killed Sparky, too.
1: How can Agnes's behavior reflect people who act a certain way only to show us their true colors and intentions later on?
0: In her case, she seems to be very manipulative, right? She's somebody that is self-absorbed, literally. <laughs> her power is that she absorbs the magic of others. It seems like, above all else, just wants to become very powerful. But what's interesting is that we learn her story, and we learn that she is somebody that was going to be killed, right? She was going to be burned for her magical abilities by other witches back during the Salem Witch Trial days. I wonder how much her trauma history played in that role here. And of course, she was stepping outside of the bounds that other witches were bound to. She was kind of disobeying her coven. But at the same time, she was going to be killed, much like a lot of witches were at that time. You know, it's interesting because I think sometimes feeling abandoned or feeling betrayed can make us do really extreme things. And I wonder if she would have been as extreme as she became. Had she been treated a little bit differently? I guess we'll never know. But it seems like what she wants more than anything else is to have power I'd love to know what her life was like before we see that memory of her nearly being burned. And I wonder how much of her life before that was spent not being in power. But it's very clear that she, for whatever reason, she craves ultimate power. Not just power because she's already very powerful, but ultimate power where if somebody has more magical ability than her, then it makes her feel uneasy. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting, because the last person she killed and absorbed their power was her own mother.
0: Whom she felt betrayed by. Yeah. Right, because her mother was the coven leader that wanted to kill her. I wonder if there is something about feeling powerless in seeing another more powerful witch reminds her of her trauma of being threatened, of, of being nearly killed. And so maybe as a natural survivor reaction now, whenever there's somebody that's more powerful, more magical than her, she naturally wants to overpower them before she thinks they might overpower her first.
1: Mm -hmm. Man, the show is awesome. And the characters are so cool.
0: So multi-layered. It
1: really is. At the very end, after Wanda removes the hex and the illusion has been lifted and she loses everything. Wanda walks through the center of Westview and all the townspeople that she controlled are glaring at her through these hate-filled eyes and their hurt eyes as well. She walks up to Monica and Monica offers her compassion and understanding, much like Vision did. The difference between Vision and Monica, though, is Monica's own grief over the loss of her mother.
2: They'll never know what you sacrificed for them. It wouldn't change how they see me. And you, you don't. You don't hate me. Given the chance and given your power, I'd bring my mom back. I know I would. I'm sorry. For all the pain that caused. I, know. I don't understand this power but I will
1: she understands what Juan is going through and she says if I had your powers I'd probably do the same thing. How important is this type of behavior
0: I think extremely important right this is this kind of validation can allow us to feel supported and understood and This kind of validation can save lives, right? When people feel invalidated and alone, they're more likely to consider suicide. They're more likely to feel depressed, but validation makes us feel less alone. It makes us feel understood and supported and loved and cared for. Again, it can save a life. And so I think that Monica's ability to show compassion toward Wanda allows Wanda to take steps toward healing. It's understandable that the citizens of Westview are going to be furious with Wanda for what she did to them and their families. She essentially perpetrated against Mm -hmm. them. She made them do things against their will. She made them puppets in her play. And that's not okay. She did some really horrendous things to some of those individuals. A lot of them were having her nightmares and feeling her pain and feeling her grief. But what's interesting is that for pretty much all of them there, that pain that she inflicted on them turned into hatred. And as you said, for other people that she also did it to, like Monica, maybe because it was for a shorter period of time, that pain turned into compassion. And I wonder, maybe for people who have experienced a lot of grief, maybe it's easier to feel compassion toward another at times. There are actually studies that show that people who go through trauma as children are more compassionate toward other people as adults. And Monica's been through a lot as a child and as an adult. And so I imagine that maybe for a variety of reasons, it's easier for her to be compassionate toward Wanda than it is for others.
1: Man, this show is just so amazing. There's just so much, it's so deep.
0: And I can't wait to see what the next shows bring us, right? Because we're oh, yeah. we're about to start a new show, right? We're about to embark on Winter Soldier and Falcon. and the Falcon. And after that, we're going to have Loki. So we're going to have more of these conversations to come. And I really hope we're going to see more Vision <laughs> and more Wanda, of course.
1: I got to be honest. When Vision kind of materialized and got his memories back from the other Vision, that really hit me. I don't know why I started tearing up because I have a feeling we're going to get vision back
0: I really hope so I really hope so because Wanda and Vision are you know two people I really want to see together again they deserve happiness they really do
1: Well, we're going to have to go ahead and end this episode of Superhero Therapy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek.
0: And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlet. You can find me on Twitter at ShadowQuill or Dr. Janina Scarlet Official on Instagram.
1: For all of our listeners out there, we are sending out free signed copies of Dr. Scarlet's book, Dark Agents, Book One, Violet and the Trial of Trauma. To enter the drawing, all you have to do is tweet about this podcast with the hashtag SuperheroTherapyPodcast. We will choose one lucky listener every month to receive their free copy. Unfortunately, due to high postage costs, international listeners will not be eligible for this promotion. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay kind and take care.